This is the Tame Aperture Podcast. Open the pod bay doors, Cal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Well, first of all, let's let's go around the room and determine which were first time viewings and which were uh, so Darko. I'd seen before. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think, I think so. Seen. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, um, I mean, I think it's. I haven't seen it for a few years. Yeah, it'd been a few years for me but too. I've seen it multiple times. Yeah. I the one I watched was like a special anniversary edition. I don't. Director's I, cut. Direct. Wasn't the director's cut because the director's cut has like extended scenes. I, I saw that years ago, but I kind of tried to find that one, but I that's not the one I watched. It you know was, where you go, by the way, not to go off tangent. You know where you go to find these movies? Besides iTunes, that's what I've been. Yeah, because I actually been buying physical copies, and I love every movie, and I can buy them for three or four bucks. What? I found Donnie Darko for three ninety nine. This time, like the Walmart. Are you like, I was like, you, you there's a, no, there's called, it's in, it's in Taylorsville. It's called FYE. Oh, FYE. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they have okay. almost all these movies and they're all like three or four bucks. Damn it. Cause I rented it for three or four bucks and now I'm never. Anyway. Anyway. anyway no, that's FYE, a, that's, a, good that's idea. a shout out. They are a potential sponsor. Shout out to FYE cause they're kicking it on getting me the movies I need to watch. <laughs> for yeah, real I've just been renting them on price. iTunes. No? no, I haven't seen Donnie Darko for you know a few years but i've seen it multiple times now this was my first viewing for mother you Uh, as well oh cool i had not seen it before i had not heard heard things from people but this was the first time i had watched it had you seen it before i had not no this is my first viewing so we all saw mother the first time that's fun this was a rewatch on donnie dark yeah all right so a lot of things to talk about what do you want to get into first t what do you want to dive into i mean i have some a, a lot of things and donnie darko to me I mean, I, I'm a, I just, there's just a lot. I mean, that movie just, it resonates is what I mean. Yeah. It just resonates in a lot of ways for me. And well, Mother. Turn us off, yeah. Well, that's, that's it. I mean, if we're going to look at the two, like Mother, I watched it twice because I had to start piecing it together uh-huh. and figuring out, you know, like you were talking about, we kind of, oh, this is part of the podcast, which we're overanalyzing things. And that's part of the fun is we like to look at movies in depth and in layers. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I watched it twice and I still, I mean, I get the allegory, I think, mm-hmm. but I don't know that it works for me like immediately. And I have some notes on it, but I think it almost feels like, it's like this sign of like, it's like virtue sign- signaling by Aronofsky. He's like, let me tell you about this allegory about mother. And we, we rape and we pillage and we take everything and we don't ever look back. And we are greedy and uh, all these different things. And we just take and take and take and take and take and take and take. And we horrible never. Horrible stewards. Yeah. Uh, we're bad stewards of mother. Mm-hmm. And revenge will come. And, uh, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't resonate the way that I thought. I mean, I get the allegory, but it doesn't resonate with me. Uh, the virtue signaling is like, okay, that's great. You spent $30 million on a film to tell me about, uh, how bad we are as, as human beings treating the earth. Do you know what I mean? And just take the 30 million and donate it to whatever cause you think's better. Like it, it didn't resonate. I didn't think it was that strongly done. And I like Aronofsky, mm-hmm. 
Like if I look at his first film, if we go back to like first time film directors, I look at I look at Pi. I think Pi is really well done. And as he moves forward in some of his films, like you get to stuff like Black Swan and stuff like that. Like Requiem for a Dream. Requiem is next well, level. I mean, it's done yeah. really yeah. well. It's artistically done. It's super stylistic. It's definitely raw and human nature, just like gritty about, you know, people living with certain situations and like drugs and, you know, like family dilemmas and like just the raw and realness of it. It's great. But this one is like, let me tell you about my agenda. And uh, I just didn't, it didn't, it didn't resonate with me. And I also thought, you know, but what about you guys? You open it up. Like well, impressions. Well, it was kind of fun. I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't watch anything. Neither I, did I. Oh, you didn't? Oh, great. Did you watch a trailer? Never saw it. Okay. So that, that was, I, rarely do I get to watch a film completely not knowing a single thing. And I did that on purpose just because I, and so I didn't have a clue what the fuck was going on for the first uh, hour. I, yeah. I mean, really, I mean, I, I was kind of, but until I, then it started to click near the end. And then that last half an hour was just like, bad shit, crazy. Yeah. Just I like, mean, it definitely escalates quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, and the escalate, and I will say like the escalation's done well mm-hmm. and it is unnerving uh-huh. when you're watching it. It's, it's going so rapidly mm-hmm. and, and happening so fast. So that works, right? Yeah. I thought it worked. I thought that worked. So I'm not going to shit on it entirely. No, and, and and the performances were actually really fantastic. I thought they were I thought they were cruddy. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought I they really were great. Did. I thought they were it, it it's very formulaic. They're stock characters, right? Yeah. They they have to serve one purpose and one purpose only. There's no depth to the characters. Uh which, again, I mean, and not to take it away from him, I mean, I think he's doing that, that intentionally. Yeah, it's, it's, not a, it's not a thing that he's saying, oh, I don't yeah. want to create characters that don't have depth. Yeah. I just, this is their service, and the service is to yeah. the analogous idea of climate change or whatever yeah. he's saying about, because it's Mother, Mother Earth. Earth. Yeah. So whatever he's saying about that, and, and you're right, they're just one tone, right. one, one pillar. They don't really have multiple dynamics. Right. You know? right. See, I, I, I saw a lot of Christianity in it. There's definitely a lot of religion mixed in oh, somehow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's I mean, definitely Adam Jesus Eve. and Adam and Eve, Cain yeah, and God, Abel. Yeah. I mean, I was the, trying the to brothers figure that fighting part, and, part of it out, which was like I, I I could see the nuance of it was like okay, this is a religious thing as well, and if you know like his track record, he's also doing like if you look at like no, like he's done those types of films before where he's hinting on something religious. Mm-hmm. And I saw that in here too, but I was kind of figuring out the pieces and I guess it has, I actually thought Javier Bardem's character, which, which his name is just him. Mm-hmm. In the credits. In yeah. The credits, yeah. So it's just him. I, and he also says, I am I at the end, yeah. which is a religion. I thought it was, I thought it was God. That's what I God. thought. I thought he was God. Yeah. Is that wrong? See, I think. What were I your thought, analysis on see, that? I thought, I thought he thought was, was God. God. I thought um, that Ed Harris was Adam. And Michelle Pfeiffer was Eve, and then they had the boys, Cain and Abel, and then that that's that's what that, similarly, yes, yeah, keep, I mean, sorry, the, I mean the, yeah, no, it's, I mean so, and then I saw, I mean, there was a flood, you know, when things kind of started getting kind of bad the first time, there was a flood, and, and everyone left, and it was clean again for a, for a moment, but but then just 
then it was just people after that, like the, the, the population of the world coming in and destroying Mother Earth and not listening to. But see, what I'm trying to figure out is Jennifer Lawrence's character. Was she, I mean, was it just Mother Earth or was she like a deity as well? Like a counterpart, a heavenly mother, if you will, of. I interpreted it as her as just the literal the being of Earth. Mm-hmm. Because the thing to me was at the at the beginning of the film, you see a different mother being in the very first shot before the opening credit with the title. Mm-hmm. You see a woman whose mother being in burning. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. And she's different, and then if you go to the end, it's bookended because it shows Jennifer yeah. Lawrence uh, being she does the, the she burns. Yeah, herself, she burns. Sacrificial, and then to to cleanse it, I guess in a sense. But then you go to that last. Uh, scene and it, it's, it's a different woman. opening scene that she was in, but it's a different woman. Yeah. So I was interpret and this like like I said, I don't I don't know that I can understand exactly what he's trying to do. I think that's unfair to be like, oh, I know exactly what he's trying to do. Although yeah. I think we're on some, something. It's, it's definitely. But there. um, I so I think it was for me analogous to like a new Earth, and it's a new. It's it's a resurrected earth. It's a new thing. It's completely well uh, atoned for, and it's starting over because yeah. then it, he he puts the the diamond. What he, before that last scene, he puts the diamond back up. Mm-hmm. Like she comes out of the fire, right? Uh, uh, yeah, a, a phoenix, which is like a diamond and a and a restorative piece of rock, mm-hmm. and then it renews what once was. Yeah. So I don't know. I I I mean. Well, then there was the whole thing with the child, too. So that's where I was a little fuzzy on what kind of he was trying to say with her because she gives birth to essentially yeah, she, a messiah. Yeah. And they eat his flesh. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that all of to that. me was crazy. That scene was crazy. And I think, and I don't know, but for me, when I watched it, I felt like what he was trying to say was, uh, we did everything. Like, in other words, they didn't, they gave so much, they gave so less of a shit about everything that they literally, would take all that she had to give. So in other words, if Mother Earth gives everything, and if you could think metaphorically, what could you give as a mother that would be the most precious precious and most uh, sacred? It would be your child. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was metaphorically. It was like she was giving birth to this thing. She was like literally giving everything she had, and we were like, fuck that, we're killing it. Life. and and Life, right? So I, I don't think for me that wasn't as really in the in the in the in the setup and the structure, which I, I see what you're saying and I agree with, which is like you had but I don't know that it it wasn't like it was Jesus Christ or like some it was No, a, not on the not but definitely influenced by maybe but or? but but definitely it's definitely they inspired had, by in yeah. some context. Yeah, they had for the, sure. the the worship cards and the candles and the Yeah. It was very Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, religious. But what do you think? What is that setting? When you so you watched? I think we're hitting on something. And like I said, it's it's impossible for us to know exactly what Aronofsky's trying to do. But I will say, I think we're all on to this idea of the uh, allegory and understanding what he's saying to an extent. But what did you think about the way it was done and the way it was portrayed? This is where I can bring in um, Donnie Darko because. Donnie Darko is a film I've seen several times, and I'm still trying to understand still it. Trying to figure That's it what out. I love about the film. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those when you just watch over and over again, and you get a little piece of something out of it each time you watch it. Those are timeless films, and 
uh, ones you you know you, that are dear to you. So Donnie Darko, this time, you know, there's a quote where Jake Gyllenhaal is. He talks about creation, and he mm-hmm. said, "Destruction is a form of creation," mm-hmm. and that was my bridge to the to Mother, where this is a film that is completely from the get go destructive. So that opening shot is so important. Like I knew I was in for a long ride with that opening shot. If you open with someone's flesh burning off of them and then the whole oh, film yeah, is mother. red burning, like my like I just had a sunburn, so my face is already red, so I, I was already on my mind in my mental Rolex there. And I was burning, I was hot. Like I was feeling that 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 boiler room uh Aronofsky is gonna hijack you into this film light you on fire and see how you like it through the whole film. And, and, you know, they say film, you know, you should have peaks and valleys where you can rest. It is so frustrating to watch this film yeah. that I loved it because Aronofsky can make you feel like you're burning. Yeah. Like I was like, you're, you're just burning with anger physically and mentally. And it's one of those films. This is a, what, two and a half hour film. Yes. It's I was less. exhausted. Was like I had to pause it and get drinks of water. I'm like, I was like, T, t jumps in the pool. I can't breathe. Cool yeah. down. <laughs> cool down. But there, there's so many references to, to burning, and and you really the whole movie is within a house that is burning, and parts of it are being destroyed. So that that idea that we're we're, we're um, destroying everything in the house, you know, yeah. it's just slowly. And then and near the end, very fast, but um, it's slowly dying and hemorrhaging. And there's, you know, there are some shining scenes in there where it was like horrific. So I think they brought an element of horror. You know, because I, when I watched it, I'm like, is this a horror film? You know, what? What? It felt like a horror film at first. Thriller, um, maybe. Thriller, I don't know. yeah. Uh, um, psychological thriller. Psychological thriller. It's just you know the the mind games that that are being played. Well, um, did you have a break? The the break that I got when she read the poem, yeah. and I love that we didn't know what the poem was. I, I thought that was fantastic, but just just that visual of the house just slowly and it actually for whatever reason, like I needed that break, and I like almost teared up for a second just during that part. I was like, oh, thank God, you know, there's something good and something wonderful, and, and I kind of felt that that was a, a a moment where I was like, okay. Uh-huh. This may be turning around. It didn't, but <laughs> but but I love that moment of just of of. I mean, again, is that the Bible? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But it's it's the good word, whatever it was, and resonated with all these different people. And again, like human beings do, we grab something good and we fuck it up and make it perverted and turn it into the chaos. So that was the end of it. Yeah. Whereas at first it was it's like it says something to everyone all these copies were sold and everyone is reading it and everyone's and you're just like that's this is what she's been wanting to do this is what she's been supporting him for is for this moment and then yeah you know, went off the rails there. but that but that moment i really enjoyed i thought that was a good <sighs> moment of just relaxation i mean really and this if you think about it, she made after she made that dinner just all hell broke loose from then on. I mean, they had a little break for the birth, but kind of not because it was still like. No, it was still they still th- built it in a way. Yeah, that they were they were entrapped. 
and you knew what was happening outside and mm -hmm. they were all waiting for the birth to happen, you know, so it was still kind of anxious. And still, and, and even at that point in the movie, I still wasn't sure what the hell was happening. Like, yeah. I was, like, is this all metaphorical? Is this, or something actually going to transpire here? Are we going to like, is she going to take off some VR glasses and be like, oh, I mean, I just didn't know where in the world this thing was going. Yeah. So there's a lot of uncertainty. I still, there's some shit I don't understand. You know, it's a roller coaster. Like what was the bloody it, vagina in the floor? What was that about? I think it just led to the oil oh. basin because it drips down through the floor. Oh, and it, it and made it hits the, path. the light. Yeah. And when it hits the light, she goes it, down and it shatters and the blood circulates around the door well, that, that leads to that, the oil. That I get, but it kept coming back. The house is alive. Or is the house the, the I, I felt like the house. Oh, okay. Like, she, well, she's part of that house. That, because and that's why she kept it, feeling the heartbeat I thought the, the, the symbolism was that she built the house because they asked her about it. Did you yeah, do all this did. yourself? Oh, she yeah. Said, yes. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's this Victorian house that's supposed to be really renovated, beautiful, a beautiful scene. Uh, you know, every room is as special, you know, she created it and, and there's this elements of that is bleeding, it's hemorrhaging, it's dying. Yeah. I thought the symbolism was that it, there's a tie in between the two of them, her and the house. And the house. Are connected, and when yeah. you're seeing the, the, like you said, the blood spots or the imagery. Ultimately the house, I think she touches the floor again and it dies. Yeah. Uh, she goes into the heart beating and it mm. turns, finally turns to, to ashes yeah. and so does she. Uh, so I, she has some connection with the house and the house, I, I think also bleeds out into this beautiful world. There's like two or three shots of the outside. And, um, I knew you we were suffocating when the very first shot, it's so out of focus yeah. on purpose. Oh yeah. And, and you're just like, this is, that was a beautiful scenery, you know, the morning and you, you've been out of focus. And then they show, you know, the surrounding of where she actually lives. And it's not that you, then you realize I am in hell. Yeah. You know, she, she's sitting in this house and everything, like all suffering, the, uh, my psychological, physically, I mean, she gets nearly gets raped. There's just so much bad that happens to her and she just takes it. I think that's, that's what was just, uh, that was, it was a bitter pill to swallow. It really was. And I think, um, for me, you know, I, it was perfectly executed not the best story because I hate hearing stories that that eat at my conscience. Like I, I knew I could do better at something, and I it, you know I look at the news now. You know, like uh, what is it? South America, the, the rainforests are are burning. A soccer field every thirty seconds. Yeah. And what the hell is Todd doing? <laughs> like I, you know. And, well, I think that's this it. This impacts I think... me. But but that's what bothers me yeah, is that it's it, like, and it, and it's probably also my own you know, internal feelings, yeah, yeah. but, and I agree, I think, and, and I'll go back, like not loving the film, but mm -hmm. understanding. And I would agree with you, which is like executionally, he, he executed it masterfully. Yeah. He really did. And, and the close, the tight shots and it never really gets, you never go out and see things. You're always focused on mother. You're always following around, but everything's always so claustrophobic in the way that it's put together. And so, and, and just all the other things we talked about, I mean, I think he did a great job putting the, putting it together, but, but, and, and, and I just don't, you know, once again, I'll go back to, it's like this idea of like virtue signaling, like saying, Hey, if we're not paying attention and, and you're going to, 
And, and to me, it almost seems counterproductive. That's all. Yeah. And if you're really going to look at it, and I can't say anything because I don't do shit, but <laughs> I don't know. I know there are Amazons burning right now and I feel bad, but I don't know. You're right. Yeah, I, yeah. What do I do? I, I feel like, you know, I, I... But my point is this, is like, okay, you spent $30 million on the film. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include marketing, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you spent 50 to $60 million on this thing. Why didn't you just donate it to the Amazon? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, like, that's great that you said that, but it's stuff I already know. Yeah. Like, I don't need a whole movie to tell me that we're shitty stewards of the earth. I honestly don't. I already know that. Mm-hmm. I can drive around the street downtown and go look at everybody outside and the trash on the curb and understand on a smaller scale that we're not taking care of what's around us. And so, I just didn't need – and I'm not saying – once again, I actually, as a filmmaker, great job. But as a story and as a film, uh, unnecessary for me. Fair enough. So I did a little research on what – where the. I guess he wrote this in five days. Like the first draft was done in five days. He like – it came to him one day and he just busted it out and just – he said after that, that five-day stretch of writing it, we were shooting a year later. To me, I was like, whoa, that's that's pretty – would you classify this as a passion project for him and you don't give a fuck what anyone thinks and this is what he wanted to do? And Well, I know, would hope – look, as a filmmaker, I would hope – Right. That's what you should do. You should do anyway, yeah. every time. I don't really – so I'm not condoning – I'm not like saying, hey, don't – you know, like right. I'm saying like I just – it didn't – it didn't – it didn't resonate – Beyond, like it was unnecessary. It didn't. I got it, and it was done well. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Look, as a filmmaker, if that's his passion, just go do it. And don't. You should always kind of have that mentality anyway, which is like just go do it. And it's hard to because I've been in positions where I haven't always felt that way, but I yeah. kind of grew out of it. And I'm like, you get to a point and you just go, well, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I'm yeah. just gonna go do what I'm gonna do. I'm not worried about the perception of what someone thinks about something I write or something I put together. And that's a good thing. So if that's, if that's his thing, then not, you know, all the more applause to him. Mm -hmm. And I like him as a filmmaker, but I just thought this movie didn't, didn't track the same way as his previous films. And I also thought it, you know, it was a big virtue signal of like, Hey, earth's dying and the climate change is real. And I fucking know that. So that's, but I'm not – and similarly, like, to everybody that's watched the film, what are you doing about it? Yeah. You're not doing a fucking thing. So I didn't need the movie to tell me those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from it being well put together, it just – it was – it was it felt pointless. That's Fair all. enough. I mean, would I watch it again? I'll probably watch it one more time just – that's the barometer, though, for me as a as a movie. If I'm, I'm I'll I'll extrapolate yeah. everything else. And Todd was talking. This gets us back to Donnie Darko, because as a movie, that's what is the barometer. Like, am I going to watch this thing again? The honest answer, and I like Aronofsky. By the way, I like a lot of his films. I just don't like Mother. I'll never watch it again. I have no rhyme, no reason to ever see this film in my entirety of my life again. And my life and my hours will be better spent elsewhere. I love it. But Donnie Darko, <laughs> rewatching that again and seeing that again after a couple years being away from it, I'm still going, 
shit, that's good. And I'll watch it again. And that's a rewatchable. Like, I'll watch it again and again and again. And I'll always have something to pull from it, you know. Well, the biggest, uh, you know, bonus of both of these films is there's no uh, Andy McDowell, of course. (laughs) Get out of here. I'm joking. I'm joking. Am I joking? Maggie Jones. Great performance. Now was that that wasn't her was that her his sister her debut? Um, I don't know. I know I, I don't think it was her debut, but she was pretty fresh in the pretty, game. They're pretty fresh. Both of them are. Both uh, Jill and Halls are pretty fresh in the game. I mean, he had done City Slickers as a kind of a bit part. That, that was his first. But film. this is a lead role. So yeah, but this is a lead. It's yeah, a different ballgame. Yeah, yeah. all star. I mean, Drew Barrymore, Seth Rogen. Oh, it's great. It's, it's Seth Rogen's it. debut. That I knew. No. His yeah, first, Seth Rogen. First, but he, he only has him. a couple lines, and all the two lines that he does have are. <laughs> I like your boobs. Lines. One is I like your boobs. <laughs> That's his first. I mean, if that wasn't like a fortune cookie into his career, yeah, yeah. His first film, yeah. first yeah. line on the film ever is I like your boobs. But didn't your dad like stab your mom? <laughs> like that's his other line. So like he's a yeah. proverbial I mean, douchebag. That was definitely a, a a foreshadowing into his. It also <laughs> has what's his face Noah. The, the the male the teacher mm-hmm. oh I, I yeah, yeah, yeah his name's Noah uh, what is his name Wiley I'll look, I'll look it up I, I don't know don't but let's not forget P Swayze let's not forget P Swayze up in this Patrick Swayze making oh, yeah, a, Patrick making, Swayze. A, making a, an appearance in the film would it be a cameo it's I mean it's not a cameo no, it's a pretty it's, big role it's, a, it's, it's, a, a, it's a, yeah it's not a cameo it flirts with cameo no it's a supporting role. Okay, it's a supporting role. In His role is very important because it's that. See, I've never thought he's that good of an actor. <laughs> science science versus you know, doctrine. Nostalgia for, you know, for from Point Break. Point Break. Yeah. By the way, that's a rewatchable. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Um, and and Todd, going to this quote. So that is an interesting quote because it does tie into Mother a little bit. How's it going? No, you're good. You're good. It's uh, the destruction is a form of creation. So the fact they burnt this is uh, Donnie when they're talking about the, the novel, the short story from Graham Greene. Mm. Right? Noah, Noah Wiley. Noah Wiley. That's what I said. I got it right. You got it right. I can't remember what you said. Yeah. I said Noah Wiley. I'm just, I'm the fact checker. That's good. I wanted you to check it. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, there's a short story by Graham Greene. It says that destruction is a form of creation. So the fact, this is Donnie's answer to the, um, to his teacher's question. So the fact that they burn the money is ironic. They just want to see what happens when they tear the world apart. Mm. They want to change things. So what is that? Does that tie into mother and tell There's so many parallels. Yeah. Yeah. I I think a few things that in analyzing both films, they're both about love and suffering. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is an important film point. I think, when you watch as an audience, you have to be able to connect and then separate from the film. Mm-hmm. And with Donnie Darko, you can connect and there's so many wonderful characters, different points of view that are presented. Um, you root for, for Donnie um, and ultimately you can see his personal sacrifice at the end. right? And uh, ultimately, I think he, he goes... He challenges fear and love as a one straight road, which in Mother, it's presented as a one straight road. Absolutely. You're going to hell. Mm-hmm. We're in hell. We created it. 
uh, and what are the causes of it, and we need to do something about it. And, and that is almost like a very um, a Buddhist point of view where uh, there is suffering and uh, uh, terrible things in life, and this suffering is caused by something I'm doing. Yeah, you made your right? bed, yeah. sleep in it, or lie with we the repercussions. We created yeah. it. And, um, and uh, you know, there's a very closeness to nature and life uh, that, that I, can, uh, I could see in Mother. Um, but I couldn't disconnect from it. That's why when I watched it, I said I hated it because it, 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 those things happened and you just can't get away from it. Like when, when a baby is getting eaten on screen, you can't, you want to be able to step back and you're like, I almost wish it was a horror film. Cause then you're like, ah, oh, it's just a horror film, but it's not, it's like a statement. And, it's you know, a big statement. Yeah. And then when Jennifer Lawrence is getting accosted, you know, there's, there's douchebags that, that, you know, hit on her. I mean, there's references, uh, you know, uh, inappropriate advances in both films, right? Yeah. The, the guys, uh, uh, you know, make inappropriate. Yeah, we always find our way back to some kind of male chauvinistic viewpoint. Yeah, because in Mother, the, she turns around and one of the the sons of Ed Helms' characters. Yeah, like, nice, nice view. view. Yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're like, eh. and then in, and then of course I like boobs. Yeah, I like your boobs. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's. Yeah. Oh, yes, I like your boots. It's inappropriate. <laughs> Both are creepy, but one you can separate from because it's a high school. You know, it, it, even in Jake Gyllenhaal, when he gets hypnotized, he, it, it's almost comedian. He talks about, you know, his adolescence, yeah. right? Which is true. I mean, he's speaking but, like but, a true teenager. But uh, he is, and I love that scene because so there's truthful. so much honesty. There's so it. much truth about it, right? Yeah. Uh, but in the mother, it's just uncomfortable, and it stays that way, and I couldn't disconnect from it. And, and that's the power of the storytelling. But at the same time, it, I think if I was able to disconnect to it and then come back to it, uh, I think the experience would have been more where I want to do more now. Um, See, I think I was able to disconnect from it because I'm so callous. You're just like, I don't want to go there. And, said, so, and then I go back in because I do like parts of it. And then I go, eh. And then I go, yeah. You just have a softer heart than I do. <laughs> I just, to the very end, like, you know, she's burnt. She's burnt to a crisp. And he pulls her heart out and crushes the crushed, you know, yeah. whatever's left. And, uh, you know, even after. Is he saying something there that, about machismo, like male chauvinistic? I, I think so, yeah. Do you and know what I mean? Because as, the male dominance of like t- taking everything that's there and then literally ripping yeah. the heart out of the woman. And, yeah. I mean, beyond just it, like the symbolism and the allegory of, of climate change and Mother Earth, but like yeah. literally man doing like taking advantage of every piece of yeah. woman with our alter egos i think we love to look in a mirror and we hate to look in a mirror so when we see something we like we like it when we look at a movie and you see qualities that you connect with and you're like oh dude that's because there's parts with that with javier bardem that i connect with we like to write and there's when you get writer's block it's the worst right mm-hmm. and you try and find you you do things that are just not normal to get your mind frame. Well, he even, moving, he even, and right? speaking of the writing, when Ed Helms characters come and he's excited because, oh, he's like, oh, he likes the writing. And Jennifer Lawrence is like, like I like, I writing. like your writing too. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Right. You know, cause he, it's any piece of little excitement that gets your energy up so yeah. you can go and, you know, so at two in the morning you get up to use the restroom and all of a sudden you want to write. And that's not the time for the rest of your family 
So, you know, I, I found myself connecting and hate the, the self-loathing of like, oh, do I treat my wife that way? Because, <laughs> like, not necessarily no, as, as mean as Javier Bardem, but just that attention, you know, um, to all the things that mothers do. Yeah. Because not only is she a mother earth, but she's a mother. Like, she, she, you know, she renovated that whole house by herself. Yeah, the idea of what it, the nurturing Everything, she, the nurturing, the she cares for him. She provides for, for him. him. Yes. The, you know, and, and, you know, makes breakfast, makes breakfast. And, and she doesn't like it when these crazy people just come in. But she, she deals with it. And then I think about, like, all the things that husbands and guys do. Like, yeah, my college buddies are coming over. Or I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You start, yeah. It's, like, true. And you're like, but, oh, But here's, here's a hot take That's for hard you. to look at in the mirror. Here's so. a hot take for you, Todd. Yeah. I'm going to make a movie called Father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all the Me Too lovers are going to hate that stuff. Uh, yeah. That is <laughs> coming at you with Father! Exclamation point. <laughs> Now, who would that be starring? <laughs> Father's going to be starring Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, perfect. Or Matt Damon. Or Matt Damon. Yeah, it has to be. No, but... Um, and then, well, ben, one of them has to be the father and the other one has to be the mother. <laughs> <laughs> ben Affleck should be the mother. And I'll use a, using a line from Johnny Darko, I'll start it off this way because, he, you know, what's the point of, of living if you don't have a dick? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a fantastic line. No, I'm just using that as a segue, Todd. Yeah. That's a line from Donnie Darko, and they're talking about Smurfs mm-hmm. and asexuality. And Donnie says that. And then they all go, why do you got to go be going, uh, getting so smart on us, Donnie? <laughs> He's talking about the Smurfs. They're talking about the Smurfs. The Smurfs, yeah. And, that, and that scene was funny, by the way. I'm that's, that is a great scene. I'd forgotten about that scene when they were talking about I don't mean that, but it is funny. I just thought it was a good segue to bring us back to Donnie Darko. Yeah. Like, Smurfette. And the and and vanity watches you know that, vanity that, watches well, that, them have sex. That seems funny because it's real, and yeah. you got a bunch of teenage kids talking about things that don't matter and are irrelevant to anything ever. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, seems so crucial and important. They're talking about the asexuality of Smurfs. They're talking about Smurfette and who gets to have sex with Smurfette. Yeah, and like <laughs> as teenage boys, I mean that's pretty common. We talk about dumb shit like that. Dumb shit to talk about. What was funny in that scene too is after they followed up with Grandma Death who's going to the mailbox and they're doing commentary. They're oh, like, yeah. oh, she's going back. Oh, she's coming back. Like they're they're playing commentary. On Someone's some got to write scene. that bitch a letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another hot take. So so what? So Brandon, we haven't heard from you for a minute. Oh, I haven't speak. Tell me about. I know you have. I just hmm. want to hear your thoughts on Donnie Darko. And rewatching it after being away from it for a couple, a few years. Yeah. Um, Did you ever like it? Do you continue to like it? Is it still something? I'm kind of in tease corner where I still don't entirely get it. You know, I mean, I, I don't know that anybody does. Okay. But I have my. We'll get into these. Yeah. We'll get into these. But I have my assumptions. So beyond the fact that I don't know that really anybody does except for Richard Kelly, and he may not even mm-hmm. fully understand. I don't know. I'd love to. That's one direct. I'd love to talk to that guy. Anyway. Um, if you are listening, Richard, uh, 
Richard, we, we got we, 85 views on YouTube. Um, so <laughs> if you feel so inclined uh, to get your insights on Donnie Darko. Um, but just like impressions beyond the analysis, which we'll get into, and we'll all have our own uh, perspective. But just kind of impressions and, and things that stood out that you either I've, liked or didn't. I've always liked the. I've always liked stories that, and and this is what I liked with Mother, where there's just kind of a a surreal reality, like where where you, like when he's talking in the mirror with and and the the mirror becomes yeah you know seeing that seeing Frank and, on the other side and seeing Frank on the other side and. And they, they both kind of touch the mirror and just like, I've always kind of, and we saw that a lot with Mother too, where all of a sudden reality just kind of goes away. And yeah, it's the abandonment of yeah, reality. Just, just for that, that moment. And, and the characters not just accepting it. You know, I, I've always kind of liked that in films. And so I'd, I'd kind of forgotten all about a lot of those those moments, like the mirror touch and... Um, and, and, or, or like when he's sitting in the living room and the, the water, water the portal. thing portal comes out and, you know, and he just starts laughing, you know, it's just kind of, like, <laughs> you know, that's fun. You know, what, what can I do with this? You know, kind of thing. I mean, let's not forget that Donnie's a, a paranoid schizophrenic. Yes. But, you know, but you're right. He but, still but, accepts but, it. But he's he, like, yeah, yeah it's like, it, it, I love it. You know, I've got a, I've got a big but water that's portal what makes, coming out. No, 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 you're fine me thinking about something which is that's what makes the the character so good for me too which is there's a, sorry there's a level of him being eccentric mm -hmm. you know but he's also not a, he's not so eccentric that it feels campy it's not like you can have a character that's like really out there and really kind of loopy but and, and then you kind of you can push it so far that it becomes clumsy it's like yeah, i don't really right what I love about Donnie's character is like he is a little out there, of course, and he is a little eccentric, but he's also like, and I wrote this down because this, this falls into that. He's also, you know, he's, he's not overly eccentric and he's super intellectual. He's a super smart yeah, person. He's intelligent. And so it kind of grounds it. You know what I mean? Um, what does his principal say about his his his, his Iowa basic skills tests are off out of the charts? Yeah, but he said something no, like, "Oh yeah, he says say? not out of the charts." But he said his principal said they're, they're intimidating or they're intimidating. Is it is that intimidating? Okay. Yeah. Um, but 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 like? I love that about the character because like it, you know, and I'm I'm thinking about it. I think that what is what makes it believable in the sense that we know he's a paranoid schizophrenic. We know he, but he's not so eccentric and out there and wild and crazy. Because he's also really smart. So there's like a tie. It's like a tie yeah. down. It, it like buoys it down to like, okay, it's not just a crazy dude. Like, this is a smart person. This is like an Einstein or like someone that really intellectually IQ is high. Right. And then because of that, we're like, we can kind of believe them because mm -hmm. we feel like intellectually they have some form of superiority. Mm -hmm. And then it can it, it buoys them down to like, okay, they can float around in this crazy paranoid schizophrenic space. And they're still, but they're not so far out there that they're just like put them in a nut house. It's, a, it's almost like they can, I mean? they can process like those delusions better than other human beings. And like, he's like, he, he, he probably understands that they're not real. Are they? Or are they not real? Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, 
but but he understands. Are they it. not real though? That's the question. Uh, you know, we we'll get into. Let's get okay. into some darko. Okay, let's do it. Thesis here. What I like, I, I think they're real because that's how I do that's too. World, we're invited. I that's I think one beauty of the film is you're invited into this guy's world because you've always wondered. You know that they say there's that fine line between insanity and genius. Mm-hmm. And exactly what I was saying. He walks that exactly. whole movie, um, and so you're able to let go of of uh, pretty much everything you believe in and consider his point of view for the movie, which is very refreshing, I think, every time you watch it. And it makes it makes everything that's institutionalized that we've accepted, it makes it look kind of embarrassing. Cause really embarrassing. When she drives the line between love and fear, and she's like, this is how it is. And oh. life is that. And he's like, no, love is so complex. We can't even talk about it. You're like, oh, yeah. And I yeah. love that line because he says, lumping everything into two categories and forgetting about everything it's else stupidest thing. is yeah, dumb. Is dumb. Yeah. Um, and, and then the, Life is more complex than that. The, the, that I mean, that, isn't that the um, like a foundation from the Patrick Swayze character? That's his. Yeah, that's that's, that's his his that's his his thing. So yeah. this is what 1988. Yeah, 88. So self help is starting to boom. It's right? Huge. And people are realizing that you know uh, if, if I follow this guru or this thing, then uh, I, I remember the, it, before they had bookstores, the self help section mm-hmm. was just huge and it still is i mean online it's all online now but this is the idea of this new theory that if you follow it you're going to get from point a to point b and it's never like that life is so complex there is no solution cure-all formula or anything that we found that where if you follow it to a to a T, you're going to get from point a to point b i also think the con- and that's like i also think the conviction of the parents and the teachers and the principal that they're doing the right thing mm-hmm. is really kind of frightening yeah. in, in a sense. Cause they're so like the one teacher, uh, Kitty, the teacher who's also the sparkle motions dance Mo- coach. Yeah. Oh. She oh, is so convinced that Patrick Swayze's Jim Cunningham, Patrick yeah. Swayze's, she's so convinced that his philosophy works and, She's so upset about Drew Barrymore's character bringing in a Graham Greene book mm-hmm. that she labels as, which is pornography, ironic, yeah. pornography. pornography. <laughs> and the stuff she's bringing is from a pornographer. The kitty porn. Yeah. Patrick Swayze. So, but their conviction is mm-hmm. overwhelming. It's like they feel so adamant. And I think he's also labeling like that kind of generation and things that were happening, which was like, everyone is so convinced that like, it's either one or two ways. There's a political party here. There's a political party there. Oh, it's, it's so political. Black, it's white. The movie. And, and even from it. the opening scene, she's like, the, the, and it's, it's all, a, it's a countercultural film because right. every, all, it's about kids standing up to their parents' philosophies and, and theories and about what life is. I'm voting for Dukakis. Exactly. From the <laughs> get-go, she says, I'm voting for Dukakis. That's a good point because you said at the beginning, you know, mother had an agenda. Right, and it didn't veer from it. And uh, Donnie Darko definitely had a political agenda, and but I think it was all well done in the subtext. So, like there's you know the, the references to the elections and Dukakis and um, who lost, but uh, um, you know Drew Barrymore when she gets fired, she walks out with the American flag. You know, you're seeing visual stuff like that. It's not overly in your face but you see the subtext enough 
you can tell where you know you could it, it it's not like here you have to eat this and accept it for what it's worth it's like you can sample this and and come to your own conclusions and that's with that separation that allows me to breathe and and want to see it again and again and pick up something. I mean, I think that. Richard Kelly's basically holding the big middle finger up to his parents. Yeah. Or at least that generation. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's mm-hmm. essentially saying, look, I'm not you. Yeah. At all. In any way. And mm-hmm. life's not what you think it is. It's mm-hmm. not this straight thing of like, you make this decision or that. There's another parallel of this, this like, not reincarnation, but this cycle of life, right? Where every generation tries to redefine itself ideologically, religiously, culturally, where, you know, whatever you were raised in, you want to veer from that path and break the rules. And, you know, this could be, this is a modern day film. I think that's that timeless where, you know, I see my kids or I see when I was growing up, what I wanted to rebel against. You know, you have those same inks against your teachers, against form, formulate and institutionalized thought, uh, be it religion, whatever it is. You question that, and I think, you know, as they, as this next generation defines it, it's going to be torn up again, you know, yeah. as that cycle. I think, too, in the, and it's interesting because, the, the uh, you know, we talk about how much of it is a big middle finger to that gener- the, the previous generation in some ways. At least that's how I interpret it. Mm-hmm. To baby boomers, essentially. Yeah, saying, hey, look, we're doing our thing. I also think that um, what's funny is they're still – pulling a little bit because if you look at donnie's character he talks about the portals and the time travel and all these things and he's talking about what but yeah but what if it's a a path what if it's god's path so he's still hanging on to something Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean potentially still hanging on you would talk about like the religious tones of what mother is but donnie darko if you look at it also has some kind of christian tones underneath it which is like donnie believes in this time travel he's seeing things he's uh he calls uh jim cunningham he calls patrick Swayze's character the antichrist he says i think you're the fucking antichrist and everyone all the kids go yeah they all cheer so he's still pulling in religious sub like tones and then when he talks to the teacher and the teacher's like they're talking about the portals and the time travel and he's like but He's, they're talking about predestination and all these kind mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. And Donnie goes, but what if it, that's God's path? That's God's portal. And the teacher's like, well, I can't continue this conversation. He'll lose his yeah. job. He'll lose my job. Because, but, but Don, so it's still like Donnie's still holding on to a little bit because he, otherwise he wouldn't have brought up that idea of God. Yeah. So there's still that, that going in that, in that way, even though he's still like, hey, I don't, I'm not part of this generation. I don't believe it, but he's still got something there. Well, they, they got it right in that character is that even though, I mean, and I think it happens a lot, people that are raised in, in, in a conservative Christian and they, and they stray away from that, they still, it's just always in the back of their mind. It's always, I, I think you're absolutely right. And this is, it's, it, you can't, you just can't get away from it. it especially if you're a, born and raised and parents still believe in that baby boomer. Um, so I, if maybe it was just a nod to his parents and to that generation, like, yeah, it's still there, but eh. I don't really believe it, but there's still a yeah. tone to it. I thought it seems a pivotal moment because ultimately I think he realizes that he is in control. This crazy kid 
right? Everybody says he's crazy. And he himself hears it and he says, you know, I I understand more about my situation and what I'm doing with. And even then, I'm still in control of my destiny. Like, it, it's on me. I have the power to change my future. And and um, I don't think you have that in Mother. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, this is what you're doing. This is what your future Here's is. Here's the end game. You're in hell. You're going to hell. End game is end what game. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And and then Donnie Darko is like, uh, it seems impossible. Time travel seems impossible. Um, you know, all these visions are completely impossible. Yet it's possible. And that's and that's like, how do you turn all of those? And, and you're comparing that in contrast to this this very you know straight line religious school, right? And and you have these two different paths. And you're you're right. He he acknowledges the 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 path that uh, God has a plan for you. But at the same time, he's like, well, I'm still in control of these elements of my life, and he ultimately makes that decision. So let's get into that. How does he make the decision? How does he know he has the ability to time travel? Yeah. The where does this happen the, in the story in the plot? You have all of these unnatural. You know, for the for us time, the, the incredible visual effects, the dreams, yeah. you know, the uh, the abyss kind of water moving around from your chest. At the very end, he sees, I thought it was a wormhole, like, but it's nature, right? It's like this funnel, and that looked like very natural to me. Like he realizes, like, because he asks, I think the setup was he asks his science teacher, is like, can, can one appear, you know? And it's like, oh, it's very highly unlikely that will ever happen. So you, you need a spaceship. A you setup. need to do it right. to get. You need to get together. Yeah, and at the end, he sees that, um, and that's a very natural shot. And you're just accepting, like, oh, it came. So, it it's true. It's got to be true. And um, I think that's when he's able to make his decision. That um, you know, it, how far? So how, so let's play with the timeline. Why is the timeline so important? You have the 28 days. You know, the minutes, the seconds, the whole deal. Talk time about the time travel. Time is important. Let's talk about how far, like, how, how does it play out? I want you to, you guys to answer me because I have my thoughts. How, you know, what's the timeline? How does this it, it, transpire? Go ahead. How he, does this thing get I think achieved he, he that we knew, see at the end? He knew from the get-go. He knows from the beginning. How much time he has. Do you know? Do, can and, you recall a part in the film that allows um, you to go? Mm. When he kisses her, the moment she kisses him. Yeah. After they said they some shitty up. things to her in the classroom, and she yeah. runs out and, and she kisses. And him. I think it's ultimately it, there are some you know these are kind of sappy things. But like, how far would you go for love if you love somebody or wanted the, um, to share a moment of love with somebody? Uh, what would you do? And that's a theme I was thinking of. You know, like it is sappy, but Eternal it's good. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Fantastic movie. Um, mm-hmm. And other other things where, uh, uh, what is it? The um, What's the other time travel one? With the penny. Pulls out the penny. Somewhere in time. Somewhere in, what's the time? Somewhere in time. Cut that one out. <laughs> but somewhere in time. But what what would you ultimately do for love? And and I think he he has this beautiful high school adolescent relationship with a beautiful girl who understands him and they bond and she champions for him. And then agree with all of ultimately, this. ultimately 
he realizes that he it's 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 that tragic tragic love again where he's not going to be able to he had to has to choose his love, right? And that theme like Spider Man. But in order right? to do this, see, he has to see into the future. Yeah, which means no? he does see in the future. So how far into the future can he see? Because he has to see Gretchen die. Yeah. The whole point is she far gets enough. run over. Far enough. So when you're saying at the kiss, at this point he knows that far in advance from the kiss that she'll die and he has to save her. It might even be, you know, when she walks in the room and Drew Barrymore, that's a beautiful scene, Drew Barrymore, like, sit by the cutest guy. Okay. Yeah. And she sits by him. I right? love that scene because then she tells the other girl to move. Like, yeah. I was like, this would never <laughs> Dude, fly in our school. If that happened today. to me in high school, I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> you know, that's like a anyway, dream yeah. come true. But at the very end, you, you fast forward to the end where she's like, do you know him? She's like, no. Okay, but T, so T saying at some point either, because this is interesting. Knew, I just know he knew. No, I agree. I agree. He, he made that. But I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out when. When? Uh, okay, so you're saying you sometime. Watch it again now. I know. Well, I don't know either, but I'm trying to like dissect it because it's yeah. so interesting. I had a student come up to me last week and I said, I'm doing a podcast. I said, you better listen to it. And I said, I'm doing one on Donnie Darko. And he said, oh, he got all excited. Uh-huh. So he wants to know too. So there is listeners out there that will want to know. You're saying from either the time she enters and he, they, they see each other or the kiss. What's your idea? What's your consensus? Your of, when, when, of when he knew that he well, at some can time point, travel. He's got to know, right? Does he not? Does he have to know? I, or does it like this? Is, I, you this have is, to know. I think you have to know in order to manipulate that. Yeah. And I think his hyperintelligence and his parallels to Einstein are kind of there. There. I think. Okay. Here's an. What if it's when those little portals were coming out, and he looks down and laughs. I wonder if he figures it out then. He's like looking at those, and he realizes what Say those that, are. I'm sorry. That no, you're fine. Bit. So when he, because he sees it coming out to his dad and the, and oh, the path's laid they're out. They're watching the football they're game. They're watching the football game and the little abyss, whatever things are coming out. I call them the abyss because they kind of remind me of yeah, the abyss. From the abyss. From the yeah. abyss. So. Shout, shout out back to, uh, to uh, Ed James. Helms. Isn't Ed Helms in the abyss? Harris. Ed Harris, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, Ed Helms is. And yes, he is. Not Ed Helms, you know. Well, but it's Ed Harris, right? It's Ed Harris yeah. and mother. Yeah, that's what I meant. Isn't yeah. it? That's the we're going around this the long way. <laughs> but I was trying to yes. I was trying to give a shout out to Ed Harris. Yes. Who's in Mother. Who's in Mother Sorry. and the Abyss. Now we got tangent <laughs> on the Abyss. No, you're fine. Um so there's those where he sees them, because he's not he doesn't get it quite at first, but he sees that his dad I mean, because it goes in front of him. It's the path he's going to take. And so it's laid yeah, out in front of him. Yeah, that's the future. It's the future. This is a portal. Like, right, right. This is the, and even when he goes to the gun, like it, the because you see, like you're saying, you see the portal. Every as far as forward as that goes is is where he can see. So he knows right. the portal goes all the way to the gun in the closet in his parents' bedroom. Yes. So even though he's sitting there, he can see that far. Right. But I think he no. gets it at the football watching scene when he sees his own and he does that little laugh because mm-hmm. it kind of starts to come out and he goes. <laughs> I think that's the oh my god moment. Like you can see but then, and this is getting technical. I don't know either. This is, why I'm, I'm, this is the discussion. This is okay. what makes this film fun, and this is why people will listen because they people like this shit. Yeah, they like breaking this kind of stuff down. Because I don't know either, but I'm trying to build consensus. Oh, I'm right. 
and figure out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just playing. I actually think you're wrong, and I think you're wrong too, but we'll get to that. Okay, okay. So that's when I think he figured it out. But that doesn't mean that I'm right either. I don't know, right? I'm not saying like, hey, look, this is it. That's the moment I think he figured it out. I'm not going out to the internet world and saying, I fucking broke Donnie Darko. Okay, I don't know. But that's when you think see. At this time, no. Yeah, I think that's when... Because then after that, that's when he starts getting the nuts and bolts about it. See, because I think here's here's how I, I look at it, okay? At uh, it, it, it some point, everything he's doing, he's almost like a detective. In other words, like he's, he's investigating, going through the process. He finds out, he starts asking his, uh, he starts seeing Frank. So the intellect and all the different things are the psychosis or the, uh, not the psychosis, but the schizophrenia. He's seeing Frank, and Frank's telling him things, right? Uh-huh. Giving him clues, right? Then he starts talking to his teacher, who the science teacher. Mm-hmm. Teacher opens up and says, hey, I got a book. Probably shouldn't give you this, but I, here it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Forewarned, I shouldn't do this, but nonetheless, here it is. Mm-hmm. And it's a book by Roberta Sparrow, Grandma Death. Grandma Death. he's familiar with, because Grandma Death whispered something to him, so he knows who she is, right? She writes a whole book on the philosophy of time travel, which mm. immediately interests him. He's like, ooh, time not, travel. Not only that, he, he, he said, he referenced her, her uh, backstory, right? Where she just gave up on everything. Everything religious. She believed up to that point. She was a nun. She preserved it, yeah. So she gave up on all religion and wrote a book on science fiction, time travel, okay? So, in other words, shunning all that and doing this direction. But anyway, Donnie gets the book. He studies the book. He's figuring the book out. The book tells him about, and I keep referencing portals, and I know they're not called that, but they're but, called something rays or something like that. Yeah. But they're the portals, right? And the book references those. So that gives him a clue into like what they are and how, what, what those things that he's seeing is, right? So here's the thing. I don't think it's when he meets Gretchen, and I don't think it's when he sees the portals. I don't think the moment that he knows that he's got to travel back in time i think isn't until like it 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 comes up it says october 26th or something like that it's like four days before and he's he's at the therapist's office and he's at the therapist's office she has him under hypnosis right nope this is well beyond that part oh that's later okay okay. this is not well beyond but it's after right Four days before Donnie has a session with the therapist, he sees Frank in the therapist's office under hypnosis, and he's shouting and prophesying something. Donnie's that is. He's saying, Frank says, I need to stop. Frank says, I need to stop. And he says, because the sky is going to open up. Mm. So he realizes there's the portal. So in four, because he says, the sky will open up, Right. Which means he knows the, where the, when the portal's coming, he knows when it's happening, and he's seen far, so he, and he knows far enough in that the four future. days that that's when Gretchen will die, and that's when the portal will open up to six hours after she the, gets, or whatever the time is. The opening shot of this film is him sitting on the ground, and he gets up and he looks at something. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's looking at that portal? Because that means he knew from the very beginning could be that too now that's not a bad thesis you gotta see that he's you're like what is he looking at like what because he has a smirk on his face like it's that moment of realization that like everything clicks for him then and i'm like he just really just get a bicycle accident or is it after him and gretchen have sex 
and he sees another portal, the one that you were talking about before, that really opens up, up and it leads right to her. And he sees her and it, he, it cuts back to the shot and he's at her stomach and he gets up and he's like, we have to go see Grandma Death. Yeah. Well, why? Why do they have to go see Grandma Death? Right? So mm. these are all the questions that are out there. These are the kind of things we want people to like interact and comment on. Because there's at least, we gave at least four different options right. out there. And there's a, there is definitely an escalation. And um, back to my point of, I think ultimately as he moves forward, he realizes more that he's in control of his fate. Uh, the more he discovers That's my himself. point is I think yeah. after study and doing the work and going through it, he becomes more in tune with what's happening and he understands as he gets closer to it when it's going to happen the, and how to make it change this incident of you know a, a jet engine flying out of the sky where nobody knows where it comes from and finding your room only and landing and killing you that's some of the most unlucky improbable you know you could win the lottery that's one in a billion one or whatever the numbers more, right? are yeah, the, more. the chances but he's they're saying he's in control of that event somehow and and that that's fascinating i thought it was pretty pretty intense so going back but to real what, quick sorry okay, he also knows because once he he says we got to go to the cellar door right now he, he 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 comes up off off of her stomach and he's like we got to go see grandma death we got to hurry time's running out and then they go to the cellar door and at the cellar door seth rogan and his buddy are there they the two knuckleheads but they run out the whole thing. They call the it's it's really he calls it. Uh, what does he say? It's the plot device. What does oh, he call it? Oh, uh, uh, you know what it is. <laughs> I can't. I just went blank on what it was. Uh, it's he, gonna pop up. He, on he the says screen, the sa- yeah. It's yeah. gonna pop <laughs> right, up right, right here. here. Yeah. He says That's the savior, the and I can't remember the plot device. But anyway, uh, they come ripping around in the car, and the thing is. Donnie's got to know because, and, and this may be another point in time, he kills Frank, right? He shoots Frank, which means Donnie has the gun. Yeah. Which means he had to have brought he the gun know. with him yeah. in order to do that. He must have seen that at some point. Yeah. So it could be when Brandon's talking about, maybe when he, it is the, but it's the moment that he foreshadows and he goes up to the closet and he sees the gun. You know what I'm talking about? Could be that point. So you could be right, Brandon. I don't know. Mm. Like these are all just fun questions for people to right, talk right, about right. based on the movie because it's fun to look at this movie and try to figure it all out because really we don't know. <laughs> Only one person knows and he right. may not know. He may not even know. Right. But Donnie does have the gun, which means he would have had no, have known to bring it. They don't. They reference Back to the Future too, which I think was awesome. Oh, that was awesome. Is that awesome? Yeah. It was shot so futuristically. It was shot so futuristic. <laughs> Okay, here's an interesting parallel between. So Donnie Darko and Javier have control. control, And they know what's going to happen. And they allow people to suffer regardless to an extent. Why? Does Donnie let people suffer or just himself? Well, he's included with people. Donnie's I mean, but sacrificial. Sacrificial. Right? In the sense of like whatever so ends up happening yeah. in the end, everybody's okay except for he's gone. That's Christ-like. Talk about religion. Talk about Jesus Christ. 
Like, I'm going to do everything I can so that everyone else is okay, and I'm going to sacrifice myself. Well, but... Now we're getting into some real religious okay. talk. So, <laughs> I, you're, this is just a me thing, but I've, I've always been concerned about the survivors. Like, yes, you sacrifice yourself, but as a parent, knowing my kid would have done something like that for me, I would have a hard time living with you're that. Dead. You'll never know. Yeah. That's true. It's dark, I know. It's, it's true, dark, though. but it's but it won't matter. I know, but in a, in a story point, I I think I think about unless you really want to get into religion, and then we can no. talk about the afterlife. We'll we'll, no. we'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. I mean, but but I think about the survivors of that. Like I think about those people that have to live with that. I think his mom's loss. happy. I think Donnie's mom is happy. She is. She's smoking a cigarette. She's smoking a cigarette. She smiles. She waves. She's happy. She's got a little thing on her face. I don't even know if she knew something, but I think she's happier that he's gone, and not in a way that like, oh, I got rid of that kid. Like I think this is suffering is over. Relief because he was in her mind, in her perspective, was suffering. So I think she's happy. Mm. You know, dad's just oblivious. I like the dad though. He is oblivious. Yeah. I think it's funny that he laughs when he's in trouble. He's like, oh, he said. He even tries ass. to defend him when they're the therapist and the mom and dad are talking, and they're like, "Donnie got suspended for telling his teacher to shove up the shove and he's like, up the anus. and he's, he's like trying, trying not, to, not laugh. to laugh. He's like, "Well, I don't think it was all f- his fault." <laughs> but no, I mean that's kind of an interesting parallel between the two films that no, it is. there that's is a, a that's a good point a, an element of control There's, and and knowing. And the males always have dominance. What's yeah. the deal? <laughs> the Me pe- too. The penis metaphors well, the- <laughs> are <laughs> abundant. Uh, in, they're abundant. I mean, in Donnie's films. in charge. Now, he does I it mean, for the girl, though. Big, huge portal dongs going everywhere, you know. Who does Javier Bardem do it for? The next... S- see, the next crop of people or... The, or Himself? I think he seems like a selfish prick. He's made out to be, right? That's how I think he is. It's just the next person. Whatever comes to is mind, right? better it, for him, starts... he's like, "I'll kill you and move on," but I know I get to keep going here. That's how I see it. She willingly gives her very that, last thing to him, though. Like he, when she when he, she's laying there on the table and she's like, "He fucking takes it." He but but she his says, "Hand in her chest," and is like, "Let me." But fucking only rip your after heart out. only after she says, "You can take it." Yeah. She she she, she gives him it. that That's permission. What's frustrating. Is she's like you can all take that, it. She's still loving. Right? Well, she like, knows she's she's fucking fried. I mean, she's, she's yeah. I mean, yeah. she's the fucking giving tree. I get it. Yeah. Move yeah. on. Get the fuck past this movie. They quick. make him to be this this uh, a little bit too much of a. Well, I mean, he he's the only one that can go out whenever he wants, right? He gets to go out into that beautiful world and do yeah, whatever. He, they allude to other things he's doing out there, and then he comes back, and she never gets to leave the house. No, right? she never leaves Let's the house get back once. To a movie that matters. <laughs> the deeper question though i mean if yeah, yeah. time travel um if you could control time travel would you want to it's so dangerous i mean it seems like oh yeah it's one of the wishes i'd get you know time and space you need to include space because okay. if you just time traveled then you just wind up in in, in space because yeah. the earth's moving so you're like going back would 50 want, years okay uh, more, i'm full science more there in, can you okay, control Chris your Nolan. future if you could know your future, Brad. Fourth dimension. If you could dimension. know your future, would you want to? And, 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 and the second question is, 
once you know your future and then travel you, back to would fix you be something. willing to change something yeah it it depends on because yeah you, you got the classic okay where i am right now with my knowledge could i go tell my my dumb shit self to like invest in a couple things so i could like fund some films sure you just want to Marty McFly it with the yeah. almanac. Well, I mean, there's that there's that scenario. That's yeah. exactly right. Marty McFly, Shout the almanac. Shout out to Rob Zemeckis. And Bob Gale. Don't forget Bob Gale. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to watch um, uh, Back to the Future and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, those two. Okay. We'll get, we'll get there. Let answer your question. Well, let's, like so, so there's that type of – but then there's the – from your point into your future – if with the unknown and everything like that. So would I want to know that? Like, I think everyone's curious, yeah. but would, if given the actual opportunity to know the rest of your existence on this planet, I think I'd still say no. But then you're like Noah Wiley's character when he talks about, you can't, if you travel and you know the future, then it's not, it's not the future because now you're going to, mm -hmm. if you go back, you'll be able to make alterations that change what the future is. In other words, like right. you know the choice you were going to make and maybe your choice is not that anymore. You're going to change it either way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I always think about the actual scientific things of it. So if you travel in a machine in this point and go to see your future, well, you don't have a future because you've been gone for that amount of time. Like if you go 50 years from this point, well, you're skipping over that time to get to that time. So mm -hmm. you're fucked no matter what because, oh. Interstellar, right? More back to, I mean, Back to Future didn't do it quite right just because they go. It was fun, though. It was fun. Yeah, but if, if, if Marty and Jennifer get into the car with Doc. Back to the Future right now. I'm just saying. Because that's going to take it. It's already an hour in. That's oh, going to yeah, take us down a right, tangent. Fine. down. Um, answer is no. I, I don't think I would want to. What are you going to do, T? I'd be curious. Yeah. I, me, I, no. Hell no. Because I open up a fortune cookie and I believe it. Like, I, <laughs> I, I do. I like it. I take everything seriously. So if I knew my future, I'd be so afraid of it, good or bad, that I would mess it up. And I think it's better for me to mess it up and live life without regrets then then say I wish I could go in the future and find out what those regrets are and try and change those. So, so T's a no. I'm a I'm a no as well. Uh, so that's three no's. Yeah. Uh, I'm a no because I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm living day to day. I'm getting you a t-shirt. That's all there is to it. I don't I don't give a fuck. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, let's do a. That was a great discussion. We went a lot of places. Look, there's a we could keep going. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff here. I would just recommend for anybody that has not seen. I would watch Mother. By the way, I would recommend it. I think I give oh. every film a chance. I think you should watch all movies. Definitely. And I think that you should watch Mother. Uh, I think one time is enough. Uh, I also I'm, I'm going to watch it twice because I, I actually watched it twice okay. too because I wanted to be prepared. But nonetheless, yes. Well, I, I want to watch it twice. Just so I can watch the beginning, knowing what I know what's coming. Oh, see, whoa, whoa! I'm just joking. <laughs> what so, did you want me to see on this IMDb? I've got it. I uh, just pull it up. For, you have it there. Ready. I have it ready. So, uh, I think everybody should watch Mother. I think Darren Aronofsky is a great filmmaker, uh, but um, also with Donnie Darko, I think everybody should watch these these two films. It's fun to 
compare and contrast the two. It's funny to see what we've been doing the last couple of weeks where we're taking a film from a first time film director and then a film from a more, we'll say more experienced film director mm -hmm. and comparing and contrasting the two. It's funny because it's almost like any, not any film, but any films that we choose, there's always some kind of tie-in. There's some theme that we can bring together. Yeah. And it's like, we don't go into these things going, Mother and uh, Donnie Darko, this is why they're related or this is why they would be good comparables. Jesus. Or things to talk about. I didn't think about that until... <laughs> but when you watch them now, you go, oh, there are some comparables and tie-ins we can talk about. So uh, I think everybody should watch Mother. I think everybody should watch Donnie Darko. It's a rewatchable. Mother is not. Donnie Darko has... An IMDb rating of eight out of ten. What is uh, where are we at on Mother on IMDb? Six point six. Six point six out of ten. I think IMDb is spoken. I think it's probably high. <laughs> what, what is your what is your rating? I, I did, eight I did eight some out of ten though for Donnie Darko. See, that's low to me. I think that's low, and yeah. I think six point. I think six point oh is fair on Mother. Uh, I would give it just above fifty percent. So 6.0 on Mother. For Donnie Darko, I keep, we keep using this every cast, but I'm, I just keep hitting that 9.5. Yeah, 9.5. You know, that 9 point. It just feels like the right number. Yeah. I'm a teacher, right? So I, I'm, and I admittedly, when I teach, and T, you might do this too. I don't know. Maybe my students won't like this. I have a hard time giving out hundreds because in life, I just don't think hundreds exist. Mm -hmm. So it, now I did it within Bruce. I was going to say you do it within Bruce. I did it within Bruce because it is a fucking 10 out of 10. Uh, Donnie Darko is a nine and a half out of 10 for me real quick, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes from the, uh, the audience, 87% from the critics for Donnie Darko. Oh, let me pull up. Did Metacritic has Donnie Darko at 71. Did you look up, uh, Rotten Tomatoes? I, I haven't yet. Okay. On, nothing on mother. Cause that I didn't care. <laughs> I am curious on if the audience. Pull it up on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. So once again, IMDb, 8, 8, 8 out of 10, 80% Rotten Tomatoes for the audience, 87 for the critics. So I think the critics have it right. I think the audience is wrong. Metacritic at 71, I think they're horribly wrong. It's only based on 21 reviews. And then on Rotten Tomatoes for Mother, what do we got? Okay, so the critics gave it 69% they and the audience score at 50%. Both correct. Both correct. Now I had no idea about those scores going in, but I think they're both right. See, I see that's what I'm wondering. You know, and it is hard to 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 really know because who of why we are who we are. But you know, we we analyze mother, but the average audience moviegoer, I mean, they probably didn't understand what the fuck was going on. A lot of it, I'm not. Boosting us up, but we're in the industry. This is what we do. No, you, you know? look so, at it differently. Yeah, we I look mean, at it differently. You're it and analyzing yeah. and putting a critical eye on it. It's a whole different at thing. At the same time, yeah. I don't think anybody wants to pay, what, 20, 20 bucks? No one wants to spend that. To see someone get raped, to see a baby get eaten, you know, to see... I think the next snap was worse. I go, and I, snap, I, I mean you this. You don't pay to see that stuff. I go back to virtue signaling. Darren Aronofsky's like, hey, climate change is real. And, and people don't want to pay money to see that because it's already... a real thing in life and the debate that we have politically as it is. So I don't need a movie to tell me that. See, and I'm going to disagree with you that I think this film was more Christian based and more 
not necessarily climate change, but I think it was more on oh, I think that's the exactly worst, the worst the of humanity. Is, I say I think it's the worst in humanity and how we deal and how we and how we treat things that, that are given to us. I agree us. with that, but using the allegory of climate change. She burns. I, she's Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. It could be and anything, she, she burns the world. See, but that's 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 more of the Bible, though. I mean, if you get into is Revelation, absolutely, because you've got the flood. That I, and you I'm have saying, the burn. though, is it is that hit, that this is bringing up yeah. a whole other debate? Because I don't think Aronofsky's just basing it off the Bible. I think he's basing it off his political views. Oh, I, I of think what of of burning. I think the he's world. doing. I think he's doing both, but he's definitely using. I mean, because we have creation, we have. I mean, we have the I'm seven days. I'm not disagreeing days. with that. Yeah. I'm also saying you're sidestepping the fact that he's doing it for another view, another stance on. Hey, this is what we're doing to the earth, and soon enough, the earth will scorch itself. At the you know, the ozone will go away, and it'll be scorched. I think it's more of a comment on humanity than it is climate change. I think it's both. It's probably both. I think but... it's both. What's your rating? Go for it, Mother. I think I'm going to give Mother a... You can't be influenced now by the... No, 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 no. I'm not even... I don't even have to score. Um, How about I give Mother... Your hesitation is... Because I liked liked a lot of the visual elements of it. I'm not hesitating. I didn't want was? I just fucking said 10 and we were done. It was game over. 7-5. 7.5. 7.5. Okay. For mother. We, we, we on uh, mid-90s, we talked about what was it out of stars or thumbs up? What's what's mother's out? This is a good little, I liked what you did. It's out of heart stones. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, crystal diamond heart stones. Crystal, crystal diamond heart Seven stones. Seven and a half. No, love. Ultimately, where was it love? You give your Dead babies. Love. How many what's dead babies is it? Eight no, babies? Heart, heart, what'd you say? Heart, heart stones? stones? Seven and a half heart stones for mother. Give me your rating on Donnie's... <laughs> I can't not laugh on that one. And then I'm going to give Donnie, Donnie Darko um, nine out of ten Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. T, where are you at on Mother? I'm at eight on Mother. At, uh, eight what? Eight, eight what? Eight out of ten. Eight blood vaginas on the floor? Eight, <laughs> eight, eight. That's what I thought it was, Eight. Baby. by the way. Yeah, it, She's well, all it resembled like, uh, that, yes. <laughs> it did. I'm sorry. And it was bleeding. Just eight saying. out of ten. We'll just go eight. eight T will go eight out of ten. What's what you had on Donnie Darko? Nine five. T, you're coming in hot on eight out of ten. Anyway. Wait, wait. You, you gave, like you gave said, Mother eight. What, okay, I was like thinking about the I, the I, vagina. I hated Mother <laughs> because it was hard to watch. Because for me, it was like looking in a mirror, and sometimes you just don't want to see the bad side, and that's all it is. It just shows the ugliness and darkness. It hijacks you. It makes you feel like you're burning. And there's no resolve. There's no resolve, right? absolutely. And so, I think if, if an artist can do that. I mean, there's that, things we can do, but. And yes, an art, if no an artist can do that to somebody who's just like, I want to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty powerful storytelling. Yeah. So I think in, in the ability to manipulate and do that purposely with an agenda, that so many movies attempt that and documentaries and news articles and everybody's trying to do that these days. Aronofsky does it yeah. artistically. Visually and artistically, yeah. and he's yeah. saying, "I agree with that." Here, you know? As much as I don't like the movie, I agree with what you're saying, yeah. and, and wholeheartedly, and as a filmmaker, like, say 100. It takes cojones to do that and defend it. Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of saying this is an art film, and it mm-hmm. says something about climate, no, it says "fuck you." This is what I'm saying. This is my agenda. This is what I and and for directors, yep, that it's I love all about that vision, and he holds true to that. Whether you like it or not, he holds true to it, and so I got to defend him for that. 
Uh, again, I, I didn't like the story because it made me feel very uncomfortable. And I want some kind of redemption at the end where I feel like, okay, maybe I, I suck. I realize that now. I just watched two and a half hours of why I suck. Now I want to do something about it. And I just felt like I could, I, what can I do about it other than bask in my suckiness? Yeah. Whereas Donnie Darko, I watch it. I'm like, oh, man. Okay. I, I feel like sometimes, I don't know if you think you're like crazy at times, but you're like, that, that was a stupid thought or that was crazy. And for Donnie Darko, there's a lot of redeeming quality. Like, I, oh, man, I can change my future. I'm in control of my future. You know? yeah. I'm not as crazy as I think. Or if I challenge an institutionalized idea, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's cool. That's a good point because I think that movie <clears throat> is refreshing for that reason, yeah. which is like it's 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 saying, hey, it's okay to challenge something. It's yeah. okay to, to speak up about something that you don't think is right. Or Yeah, I agree with that. I give Donnie Darko nine and a half out of ten. What? Uh, nine and a half out of ten grandma deaths. A whole line of grandma deaths and just one of them cut in half. Just one. One grandma death <laughs> cut in half. Well, it's sitting for I mean, I'm tempted on 10, but I'm pulling back. I'm biting my tongue. So I go nine and a half, ten 10 out of 10, and then 6 uh, out of 10 on mother. 6 what? Uh, I'm going to revert back to the mid-90s podcast and say 6 out of 10 fuck shits. <laughs> you understand me? I do understand okay. you. Because we're getting that's, he, I, we're getting, that, I like, I like a, the debate. Line, I like the debate. That's a line in Donnie Darko, though, isn't it? Like the dinner table. Oh, like, no, no, fuck ass. Fuck, fuck ass. ass. Yeah. What is that? How do you, how do you, how do you do that? Fuck yeah. ass. Well, I mean, really the moral of mother, I'll, I'll sum it up for you. It's I really simple. Let's just end this cast. Okay, but really fast. Okay, you suck. Just never letting anyone in the house. You're in business. No, but Javier Bardem is in the house. No, no, just the, the house guests. Just never let him in. And your but they life break is in. He was, they weren't the problem, though. They break oh, in. Javier the Bardem was the problem. No, no, no. It was the house guests. <laughs> they it's break the in. You don't think Javier Bardem does? So you can put up the barriers, but they, they still broke well, in. Well, they were, they were invited in initially. But no, she because doesn't want them in. The younger brother. Javier Bardem invites them in and keeps inviting them in, right? So yeah, correct. I'm just saying they didn't the break in the house, is what I'm saying. They were invited. He does break back in, though. Yeah. Because well, the younger, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. But anyway, we digress. Podcast is over. I was just is making it? a joke, is actually. It? But we is all... it over? This is a good one because uh, hopefully, you know, of our five year uh, listeners and viewers, hey, we had you're gonna go home and argue yeah. as much as this one. We got sixty yeah. likes on Facebook. It's getting legit. All right, and we and only one of us has blasted it out. It's almost merch worthy. Right. So we're gonna have a hundred by the end of the week. We didn't get into music a whole lot, which, by the way, Donnie Darko, was... Tears for Fears. Oh, Come on, yeah. now. The, the I will agree with you. Darko. Come on. And there was no soundtrack Come on, for Mad Mother. World. There was no the soundtrack endings, for Mother. The ending track no music. on Donnie Darko. Yeah, you're not supposed to enjoy anything about it. Yeah. Right. But the music of Donnie Darko is on point. Yeah, we don't care about Mother. Let's get back to Donnie Darko. There's no music. Okay, end of discussion. Moving on. No Andy McDowell. I love it. Andy McDowell would have been better in Mother, although Michelle Pfeiffer. But still, it would have been nice to see Andy McDowell in there, right, T? As Javier. Okay. Good cast. All right. Everybody, thanks for listening. Brandon, signing off. Signing off. What's your sign off? Fuck ass. (laughs) (laughs) How do you fuck ass? Idiot. (laughs) What's yours, T? I, I give you the only thing I have left, which is my love.
that you can God damn it, it <laughs> The Tame Aperture Podcast is produced by Dutch Angle Pictures in association with Studio B Productions. Listen, watch, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube. Thank you.